too sexy for my love, too sexy for my love, love's going to leave. Yes, people, it is a special edition of Echo Chamber, and um, we are taking a look at I'm an Electric Lampshade, the new film from John Clayton Doyle, right? It's a, yeah, it's a, a real life situation, a documentary. Right, so we, we look at the film and we also speak with producer and star Doug McCorkle and executive producer of the piece. We speak with Alex Rollingsburg, aka Dallas. So, people, I hope you enjoy. Sit back and uh, yeah, check it out. Okay, horror fans, mark Thursday the 12th of August in your calendars. That is right, because Shudder, AMC Network's premium streamer for horror, thriller, and the supernatural, have announced that the new event series Slasher, Flesh and Blood, starring horror legend David Cronenberg, Bum, bum, bum. Will exclusively stream on the service in the US, Australia and New Zealand Beginning Thursday, August the 12th With two episodes followed by new episodes streaming each week The series follows a wealthy, dysfunctional family That gathers for a reunion on a secluded island only to learn they'll be pitted against one another in a cruel game of life and death. Ooh. All while being stalked by a mysterious masked killer. Nothing is what it seems, and no one is safe as detention and body count ratchets up. The eight-episode event series stars Cronenberg alongside cast members from previous installments of the slasher franchise in brand new roles including Paula Brancati, Jefferson Brown, Patrice Goodman, Sabrina Gregevich, and Christopher Jackot. Right, so um yeah, adding to the cast will also be Rachel Crawford, Jenna Guzan. Sydney Meyer and Alex Ogerola. So um there you have it, people. There you have it. You know, slasher, flesh and blood is like knives out, 
done by John Carpenter and takes the slasher franchise to a new level with a gripping and scary story about family secrets, intrigue, murder and legacy. Um, we're incredibly lucky to have David Cronenberg, an icon of the genre, giving a standout performance as the fearsome, intimidating patriarch of the Galloway family, who sets the tone for the shocking twists, crazy mysteries, and total mayhem that's to come. Shadow members won't want to miss a single episode of this incredible event series, and that is from Shudder General Manager Craig Engler. I mean, yeah, he won't steer you wrong. No, but seriously, everything on Shudder is great. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything I haven't enjoyed yet. So, yeah, I think this will be worth watching. So, people. The 12th of August, mark it down. Oh, people, some more festival information for you. The Etheria Film Night have announced that they will be streaming, right, their 2021 official short films showcase lineup exclusively on Shudder starting from Friday the 25th of June all the way through to the 25th of July. This year's festival, the world's most respected annual showcase of horror, science fiction, fantasy, action and thriller films directed by women will feature nine short films and honour the Walking Dead showrunner and executive producer Angela Kang with the 2021 Etheria Inspiration Award given annually to a person in the entertainment industry who has inspired women to pursue careers working in genre film and television. Producer Gail Ann Hard will present the award to Kang with the ceremony included as part of the official Aferia 2021 content streaming on Shudder. The 2021 lineup has come has some of the funniest things we've ever programmed alongside some of the darkest and most disturbing things we've ever programmed. And that is from Etheria Director of Programming, Heidi Honeycott. Mm-hmm. Right, so, um, yeah, she also says, And we're so happy to be screening on Shudder for the second year in a row. Dum-dum-dum. Right, so, um, yeah, people. I mean, do you really want to miss all of this? You know, Gail Ann Hurd says, The Ethereum Film Festival is the preeminent forum showcasing the many talented women working in the genre field. As The Walking Dead's first female showrunner, Angela Kang has proven herself to be a visionary in the horror sci-fi medium, and she is also one of the most talented people working in television today. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, 
you know, and Kang says, as a lifelong fan of horror, sci-fi, fantasy, action and thrillers, I am truly humbled to be in the company of the incredible women of Etheria. Um and who have been honoured over the years with their Inspiration Award, not least the incomparable Gail and Hurd. I am on a trail she blazed and loved that Etheria is showcasing new genre films created by women who want to travel the same exhilarating path. So, um, yeah, there you have it, people. It is... Uh, it is going to be coming at you, which uh, should be fun. Right, some of those films that will be screening. Okay, uh, we've got The Fourth Wall. This is directed by Kelsey Bowling. Um, we've got Narrow, directed by Anna Chazelle. Have You Will Never Be Back from Monica Matteo. Booster Strapped from Katty Aaron. Uh, Misfits from Kayani Ray Walker. The Grey from Myra Aquino. Polar Votron 500 from Sylvia Concia. Eye Exam from Aslim Clark. And who goes there from Astrid for Vladson? <laughs> you know, so, um, hey, looks like it is going to be a fun uh, festival, people. So go check out the Ethereal website. And remember, it will start Friday the 25th of June, running all the way to the 25th of July, exclusively on Shudder. Okay, horror fans, July is looking to be a great month. If you have Shudder, and if you're a horror fan and you don't, are you really a horror fan? <laughs> That's the question to ask people. So, during July, they uh, will have... Four new premieres streaming on the uh, platform and exclusive films, as well as a bumper collection of classics joining the library. So, with the, um, the new films, the premieres on the 8th of July is the first, and we have Sun hitting the Network. So, in Sun, a mysterious group breaks into Laura's home and attempts to abduct her eight-year-old son, David. The two of them flee town in search of safety, but soon after the failed kidnapping, David becomes extremely ill, suffering from increasing psychosis and convulsions. Following her maternal instincts, Laura commits unspeakable acts to keep him alive, but soon she must decide how far she is willing to go to save her son. It is written and directed by Ivan Kavanagh, um, and it stars Andy Matak, um, Emily Hirsch, 
add Luke David Bloom. So the following week on the 15th of July, we see The Toll. Right, so this is directed by Michael Nadar and it's starring Jordan Hayes, Max Toplin, James McGowan, and Rosemary Dunsmore. And the film is about this when a young woman and her rideshare driver break down on a dark forest road, each sees the other as a threat, a strange phenomena. Begin occurring around them They gradually realise They've become trapped In the world of a terrifying Supernatural being The Toll Man Ooh, sounds a bit Ominous, right? Then, on the 22nd Of July, we have Kandisha So it is summer break and best friends Emil Benito and Morgana hang together with other neighborhood teens. Nightly they are fun sharing scary stories and urban legends. But when Emil is, abs- is assaulted by her ex, she remembers the story of Kandisha. A powerful and vengeful demon Afraid and upset Emil summons her The next day her ex is found dead The legend is true And now Kandisha is on a killing spree And it's up to the three girls to break the curse This is directed by uh, Julian Mori and Alexandra Mustilio and it is starring Mathilde Lamus, Samarakand Sadi and Susie Memba. Then on the 29th of July and ending the run of premieres is The Boy Behind the Door. So this is directed by David Carbona and Justin Powell. Right, it is starring Looney Chavis, Ezra Dowie, Kristen Bayer Van Stratton, Scott Michael Foster, and Mitch Hoptman. And the gist of the piece is this. A night of unimaginable terror awaits 12-year-old Bobby and his best friend Kevin when they are abducted on their way home from school. Managing to escape his confines, Bobby navigates the dark halls, praying his presence goes unnoticed. As he avoids his captor at every turn Even worse is the arrival of another stranger Whose mysterious arrangement with the kidnapper May spell certain doom for Kevin With no means of calling for help And miles of dark country in every direction Bobby embarks on a rescue mission Determined to get himself and Kevin out alive or die trying. 
Woo! And, um, yeah, Carbona and Powell also write the piece. So, they're your premieres, but also adding to the ever-expanding library of horror classics is Lake Mungo and Dawn of the Dead, which hit on the 1st of July. On the 6th will be The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane, Terror Train and Death Ship. Then on the 7th comes Basket Case 1, 2 and 3. As well as the 74 version of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. On the 12th we have Messiah of Evil, Carnival of Souls, Straight Edge Kegger, Dead and Buried and Blackwater. On the 13th White Girl and Separation. Then on the 19th. She's allergic to cats, they're inside, and sadistic intentions. On the 20th, mass hysteria and rot. On the 26th, it is Etheria, the series, the 2020 edition. Then they remain, faults, and follow. So, people, there is a lot to look forward to in July, but you gotta have Shudder to be able to partake. So, what are you waiting for, people? Go get some Shudder into your life. Yo, something that people missed in 2020 were those pop-up cinema screens, but people, people... Do not worry, 2021, it's a new year, and the screens are back. Pop-up screens are delighted to announce their return to London with an enormous season of outdoor cinema, packed with feel-good movies, guilty pleasures, and cult classics that make your film all warm and fuzzy inside. Pop-up screens invite you and your family to indulge in an evening that you won't forget with your loved ones. It's relaxed atmosphere and friendly vibe praised by critics across the country will have you coming back year after year. This year, pop-up screens will span across eight London parks. That's right, people, eight and open spaces over three months, launching on, oh shit, my birthday, the 9th of July, at Coram's Fields, with the fan favourite, The Craft. Pop-up screens offers films for fans of all genres, including smash hit musical dramas, such as The Greatest Showman, A Star Is Born, Bohemity Rhapsody and Rocket Man. For audiences wanting nostalgia, fans will be able to revisit fan favourites such as Back to the Future, The Goonies, and Dirty Dancing, um, plus a whole lot more. 
you know, you can uh, join them for a movie or two, and you'll find a great environment along with a bar and some of London's best street food traders. So, the uh, the films that you can enjoy, people. Well, on as I said, starting on the 9th of July at Crom's Fields is the Craft, the tenth. Um, is the greatest showman the 11th bill and ted face the music then over to bishop's park in fulham on the 16th with 10 things i hate about you 17th dirty dancing and the 18th the goonies then it's north greenwich from the 23rd of july for 500 days of summer Greece on the 24th and Back to the Future on the 25th and July ends at Hillfields in Brockley so on the 30th July is the Goonies and the 31st Dirty Dancing Uh, staying on Brockfield um, on the 1st of August it's the Greatest Showman then back to Crom Corman's Fields on the 6th of August. Three films on the 6th with you've got Jojo Rabbit, Pretty Woman, and Ghostbusters. Then Hammersmith, you're not forgotten because on the 13th at Ravens Court Park, you've got Jaws. On the 14th, it's Bohemian and Rhapsody. And then the 15th, it's The Greatest Showman. The Guild Hall in the City of London people. On the 16th, um, you've got um, The Greatest Showman. To 17th, you've got Moonlight. On the 18th, you've got Philadelphia. The 19th, it's The Beach. The 20th, it's Dreamgirls. And the 21st of August is Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Then, Hiver Green, people. From the 27th of August at Manor House Gardens, we got Bohemian Rhapsody. On the 28th, it is The Greatest Showman. And then on the 29th of August, it is A Star is Born. But that's not all. So back to Bishop's Park in Fulham for the 3rd of September. Because it's Rocket Man. The 4th, it's A Star is Born. Then the 5th, it's The Greatest Showman. So then on the 10th of September... It is back to Hammersmith, so Ravens Court Park, it's Dirty Dancing. On the 11th, it is at Jurassic Park. And the 12th, it is Rocket Man. And it all ends at the Oval in Kennington Park. Right, so 17th of September, it's The Greatest Showman. The 18th, it's Notting Hill. And then the 19th of September, it all closes with a star is born. So you can book tickets and find out more at popupscreens.co.uk. Adult tickets are £14 and those under 12s, it is £9. But remember people, there will still be COVID policies in place. 
But yes, for more information, people, go down and check out popupscreens.co.uk. Okay, people, so now we've had the information, let's get into this week's film. Buckle up, let's go. There are times I kind of think, you know what I mean, when you're just, you can be in a funk, right? You can be in a funk and a film can really just, you know what I mean, just flip your mood, could could completely cheer you up. And I gotta thank, you know what I mean, my people's over at Strike Media for, uh, you know what I mean? I ain't just bringing this one to my attention because I think initially when the emails came through, I wasn't, I don't know, I just didn't really know what to make of it. And it's more of like, when you title something, I'm an electric lampshade, you're just a bit like, huh? Like, what? You know, I, I don't know. I, I guess I figured it might be another. Um, was that the like a greatest showman type of thing, or you know, one of these musical films like a Mamma Mia? And I'm just a bit like, ah, I don't know if I'm in the mood for that, man. Not sure if I'm in the mood for that, but you know, what I mean, like, uh, yeah, I think I'd, I'd check something out and I, I, I mentioned it, and then they're like, oh, what about? And I was just like, oh, you know what. Fuck it, yeah, I'm going to give it a look I will give it a look And I am very pleased That I did Right, so, uh, yes I'm Electric Lampshade It is written and directed By John Clayton Doyle Right Um, But it's When you say written it's, It's not so much written As it's kind of birthed that's what it kind of seems, you know what I mean? It's one of those things where I guess you would write maybe a framework, right? You're writing a framework, but this thing just seems like a breathing entity of its own. Uh, so it's produced by uh, Doug McCorkle, the star of the piece, um, and Doug, you know, he produces along with Jacob Krupnik, okay, so we then have, um, Chad, no, I'm on the wrong thing here, so we, we then have, uh, Co-production from Alex Rollingsberg, um, Alejandro Savage, right, and Oli Leperol Jr. It is a uh, line produced by Alexi Vale, um, Rochelle Rose, and creative producer is Ran Yatim. Okay, so cinematography is handled by Soren Nielsen. Uh, 
Um, it's edited by Rachel Gale Webster. Um, the production design for the concert is Sandra Cabrida. Uh, art direction is Ariola Rodriguez. Set decoration, Gabriela Moses, Jonathan Quatria, and Zelda Vostoski. Um, I, there's a, man, there, there are a host of peoples who have put this together. In the makeup, the production, art department, sound department. You know what I mean the camera crew, and I gotta say, right? I, I gotta give them up because over on the IMBD page, they are thanking and recognizing all of these people, which I think that's big, right? Because you don't always get that, don't always get that, and they have. You kind of feel they've given a shout out to every single person that helped out on the film, and I, I think. You know what I mean? You you appreciate that. When you see people doing that, you're like, alright, you know what I mean? I respect the fuck out of that. Right? Because a lot of people had to work and help to put this together. And yeah, they're all getting a little shout out, a little nod. So that's all very cool. But yes, our star of the film is Doug McCorkle. Right? He's um wife's in the piece. Uh, Gina, otherwise Regina McCorkle. We have um, Caesar Valentino playing a character called Sin Andre. Uh, we've got a character Fandango played by Isra Jaron Yamzal. Um, Gina has a companion in the piece towards the end, uh, and they're played by Darnell Bernard. But yeah, there is a there's a lot of people in here. There's a lot of people. There's dancers. There's um like performers. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people, and it, there's just so many that you could mention. But uh, you know, just yeah, understand. It it is. You know, a village came together, as it were, to help bring this to life, right? And um, the genesis of the film, well, the, the description we have is, I'm Electric Lampshade is a joyous, heartwarming and offbeat docu-narrative adventure starring Doug McCorkle. A buttoned-up, mild-mannered corporate accountant who retires at age 60 to become the world's least likely rock star. Truth is indeed stranger than fiction, as Doug puts his marriage, life savings and reputation on the line to chase his lifelong fantasy. An inspiring underdog story about finding your unique voice. Yeah. I'm an Electric Lampshade is a film that proves it's never too late to pursue your dreams. And, um, you know, I I think you, you start watching this and you're like... Say what? <laughs> what? Wait, what is happening here? I, I, I'm not quite sure. Because we, we open up, right? We open up and you've just got, 
you know, crowds, this crowd, everyone, just these masses all chanting and cheering. You know, all these bright lights are, are, are flashing and you're like, so? What? And then we see, like, a, a, a someone on a stage. Like, we see someone, they're kind of like in this white kind of, I don't know, it, yeah, they're there. But then that, you know, the, the, the lights change and we see the person start to move and the crowd, you know, it, it, you know, it's going and the person is moving, but we don't really see who they are. We're just kind of seeing an outline, a silhouette, as it were. Right, so we have all of this and you're just like, what is going on here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what is happening? So we have all of this. You know, the dancing dude on the stage, the lights, you know, and we then get this kind of, it's like it's a psychedelic kind of like crazy, but yeah, it is, it's all moving, and then we get, you know, Doug talking to us, you know what I mean? And he kind of explains, right? He breaks it down, saying that, look, one day he, he got to a period and he's watching Talking Heads. He's watching uh, Michael Jackson live from Budapest. And his wife's like, you could do this. And he's just like, yeah, and that always stayed to mind, right? So then we get this collage of things. And suddenly we're in an office, right? We're in an office. And we have um, one of Doug's colleagues kind of, hey, so what do you want to know about Doug? <laughs> you know what I mean? So we get that and we're kind of seeing Doug in his office environment, right? And we have his colleagues saying, yeah, you know, Doug was just this accountant, man, just this accountant. And it all changed in the last two years. Right, we have his sister with his old school photo album. You know, Doug showing us about his office, and it's it's amusing because we have some of he, you know the female colleagues in the office talking and going, "Oh yeah, the first thing you notice is his voice." You know, and they're kind of talking about, "Hey, how this kind of all got going," and one of them's just like. Like, he's kind of got a sexy voice, but I don't want to say it on camera. It's not the kind of thing I want to say on camera. And it's just like, kid, you just did. You know what I mean? But, yeah, we, we get this introduction to Doug. Right? We get this introduction to Doug and how, how the journey got started. And it's all very Intriguing We have all of these people Giving us their insights Giving us You know How they think it, it, it all kind of came about And we get like um, Doug himself And we see Doug taking these singing lessons And just all of that And It, it kind of seems That it was all Leading to his retirement, right, so we see him retiring from work, but 
just the way everyone is interacting with him and everything like that. I'm just saying, right? That the piece kind of reminds you of um Michael no David Brent, right? David Brent Life on the Road. You know the film that spins out of the office? You know, they made it years after the office fit the UK office, I should say. Years after the UK office finished, and you're like, what? What's this thing, man? How's this gonna go? And we just have like David wanting to become a musician, and this it kind of reminds you of that, right? So we we have Doug here trying to learn how to become this musician. And we have we see at music lessons and all of this kind of thing. Right? Speaking with all of these people and him talking about, you know, his stage persona and what he wants and you know all of this. And you're like, wait, what? Like, you know, because it seems everything is coming in the wrong order, right? He's in this recording studio and he's talking to these people and he's recording this track, right? And you're wondering, is he, you know, we have him, you know, picking beats and he hears one beat and he's like, that's the beat, right? And you're like, whoa, 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 you're not going to listen to anything else? Like, check out other beat. Like, what, what's happening here? And, and you're, you know, you're thinking, is this a joke, like, is this real, you know, but the more you see, the more you're kind of like, no, 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 this is real, right, we watch him get a a, ta- a fake tan, <laughs> and, all, and all of this stuff, and his tighty whiteies, and you're just like, wait, what, what is happening here, right, but it's, um, you kind of be like, no, it's real, because he, we see him at his retirement, and all of this, and you're like, oh, okay, okay, all right, where's it gonna, I wanna, you know, what are we gonna see next, and then everything just flips, everything flips, and you're like, wait, what, 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 what what's, what's happening here, like, where are we going, Yo, and it's in. It's kind of interesting. It's crazy, because from what we, from what we're first given, you know, the road we're first taken on. You know, you you believe that this is one thing, and then it just changes, right? We're suddenly in. Uh, I think we're in Thailand. And you're like, wait, huh? How the fuck are we here? Like, that makes no sense. You're like, how the hell do we end up here? Right? And it's like, um, you know, this, this new layer, right? We're given this new layer of the piece. And you're just like, Interesting Okay Because now we're following Like 
we're introduced to these new characters, these new personas, these new people in the piece, and it's it's like it doesn't make sense at first, right? But then you recall a conversation that Doug had, right? That someone told him at his retirement, and you're like, oh, I get it. I understand, and the more of this that you watch, the more of this kind of next chapter in the film that you you kind of get, because it's about the the transformation, right? It, it it's about becoming something else, right? This whole thing of well, living your life unfulfilled. You know, realizing that there's something inside that you haven't tapped into. You haven't maybe had the courage to seize on. Or you just haven't understood until now. But, like, there is this this whole thing that kind of plays like it's a film within a film. Right? This whole kind of section. Like, it's a... Episode of something, you know, like you've got Drupal's Drupal, RuPaul, even RuPaul's Drag Race, right? So you 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 had this thing within the film, but as I said, look, it, it, it's this whole thing, right? Of um of drag and transgender and, and all of this kind of thing being just people. Trying to find their voice, right? People wanting to be themselves and finding the courage to just embrace that, just to embrace that. And it's in, like it, it's an interesting layer of the piece because you realize what it is, you realize that connection because Doug is. This accountant who you can see wanted to be more, but didn't know if he could. And and he's with you know all of these um you know actresses and actors and you know who who want to be something else, who want to be more, right? And and one of them says I forget her name, but she's like, um, you know, when I'm on stage, I feel like my true self. I mean, more or less that, right? It's not verbatim, people, you know, but that is essentially what they're saying. You know, and you're like, oh, I understand. I get it, right? I get it. The, the, the parallels here. But we're seeing Doug on this creative boot camp, as it were, right? It's all this experience, it's all this journey. And we then go to a concert, right? So we have all of this. It's our, you know, our, our, our uh, middle act, right? If we're, if we're splitting it up into our trilogy, like Lord of the Rings, you know, we're having that middle act, the journey, the traveling, 
you know, going through Rhone's Deep onto, you know, Mordor. All right, and then the, our last part, the concert, he, he's there. He's going to destroy the ring. And the ring being um, the thing holding him back, right? He's about to free himself with this concert. And it's just, yeah, like, I think from what we see him at the start to how we see him at the end, it is this huge transformation. It is this fantastical ride. You know, this, this whole freeing of the shackles that you've enclosed yourself in. Right? Because, you know, accountancy... To you mean an on stage performer, right? A singer. It, it's um, it is a one eighty, right? It is a big thing here, right? But we see it, and I think by the end, you understand it. You know, you understand how um, Doug. Decided to seize the day Decided to go on this journey But then all the people that have Kind of supported him along the way Right, his wife Who gave him that initial encouragement Which is in, insane, right Because you think When you think about, you know, things And the amount of people that might try and hold you back Right, it, it's incredible when you have someone who is in your corner holding you down? You know, even though, like, right, look, you know, they they talk about the things, you know, the personal stuff at home, right? That that is there, but even with all of that, they still do this thing, right? They still uh, let Doug try, right? And it might fail, you know. But they give it a go, right? And I think, listen, you might not like the song. You might not like the music. Although there is a funness to it all. You know what I mean? It might not be your thing. But I think the big thing with this, the big, like, the big message of this film is it's not too late, right? Doug is 60, 60, he's retired from work, you know, and he is trying, right, he, he's decided to, hey, I, I, I want to try this thing, I want to, you know, see if I can become this rock star, this musician, I've always wanted to do a thing, and now I feel I've got the courage to try it, right, so, it's like whatever your your dream is, you know what I mean? Whether it's like becoming a potterer, potterer, a sculpture, even a sculpture is probably the thing, not a potterer, right? A writer, you know? Do you want to make a film? Yeah, you know I mean? like what's the thing that you want to do? What's the thing inside? It you might be. Learning a new skill might be taking up boxing, jujitsu, right? Running, 
It doesn't have to be, I want to be on stage, you know, I want to be seen by all these people. It might just be, I want to take myself to this next level. I want to do this thing. I've never, I've never run before. I'm going to try running. Right? I, oh, I want to, I want to climb a mountain. Like, it, it doesn't really matter what that big thing is. But it's just, Doug has shown you it's possible. Right? There are hurdles. But, if you put your mind to it, if you just try and free yourself of all those things holding you back, hey, it's possible. You could do it. So I, I, I think I'm Electric Lampshade. It's a fun film. It's definitely a fun, crazy ass film, documentary, right? But it's also a a life roadmap. You know, it's a guide. A guide to free yourself. You know, so um hey Doug is your is your lampshade, he's your illumination to trying to find the thing that makes you happy, so people, you know what I mean, maybe follow in Doug's footsteps, seize the thing that you've always wanted to be, you know what I mean, why not, right, why the hell not, and listen, you can watch this as part of the Rumford Film Festival, you know what I mean? 24th of June. Or it's also playing at the Ignite Film Festival, which is running from the 29th of June to the 3rd of July. So, uh, yeah, there's a couple of ways in which you can watch it. And I'm sure it's going to get picked up by a distributor. And um, if you missed those opportunities, I would say, people, you know what I mean? Just keep an eye on their socials, on the website, because, um, yeah, you will find another way to catch this inspirational tale. All right, so, um, yeah, incredible job from everyone involved. People, I'm an electric lampshade. Hey, just add a little happiness to your life, people, and go check it out. Okay, people, so now you've heard about the film, let's speak to two people behind it, right? So we have the star and producer, Doug McCorkle, and the executive producer, um, Alex Rollingsburg, Dallas. Doesn't speak, you know, it's mainly um, Doug, but, uh, you know, old Dallas tunes in with some, uh, yeah, very insightful comments and contributions. So, people, you don't want to miss it. It is fun and um, it's very insightful. So, people, let's uh, let's hand it over to the uh, two main peoples right now. Hey. Okay, people, so today we have Doug McCorkle, who is the star 
and I, I guess, you know, real life inspiration of this, I don't know what you call it, this crazy ass journey that we witness in the new film, I'm an Electric Lampshade. And we're also joined by uh, co-producer Alex. Um, sorry, Alex. Alex Dallas, Alex Rollinsberg. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Dallas Rollinsberg, that, that's the one. So, um, yo, I'm Electric Lampshade. And just this whole journey, how did, like, what came first, man? <laughs> well, definitely, they both kind of happened at the same time, Kevin. Um, you know, I was, I was a corporate accountant for uh, a long time. That was my career. And, you know, toward the end of my career, I just wanted to do something completely different and out of character and step outside of the box, so to speak. And so uh, John Doyle and I came up with the idea originally of doing a short film um, that would include some music videos and some original songs. And it just grew into this amazing journey that that ended up being a feature length film called I'm an Electric Lampshade, which was the uh, first lyric of the first original song that I co-wrote with John. So um, it was, <laughs> it's been an amazing, exciting journey over the over a period of like five and a half years to get to where we are today. I mean, I, I kind of feel you've really shattered the myth that accountants are boring. <laughs> like, I don't think anyone is going to be saying, well, actually, you, you've set a bar that many accountants might be thinking, God damn you, dog. You know, <laughs> you walk into the account section and be like, guys, sing. Be like, but I can't. Well, Doug, Doug has shown what accountants can do, so you better get up and give us a number. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, some accountants just fit the mold, and I don't. So it's uh, so. Yes, I hope I set the bar really high for a lot of other accountants to do some exciting stuff when they retire, or even before they retire. I hope they start fulfilling some of their wildest inner fantasies instead of instead of living living the straight and narrow all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was interesting at the end of the piece, like when you were kind of narrating during a, a, a quiet moment, and there's not many quiet moments of the end concert, but you know, one, of, one of the quieter moments, and you were saying that, you know, you just wanted to be loved. Right, and yeah. at the very beginning of this kind of thing, and I, you know, it's hard to tell, right? Because I think at the very start of this, you do view it like it is a, you know, a, a, a fly on the wall type of documentary. Sure. And that all changes. <laughs> so, yep, but for sure. I, I'm, I'm kind of feeling that some of that early stuff is more, you know, the reality of some of the things that happen, but, the, the, the love that you got from all your colleagues, right? There's that the whole, I want to be loved, but yo, obviously your wife loves you to death. Yes, your she colleagues does. love you. So how much more love do you need, Doug? You <laughs> mean, you're kind of greedy, Doug. What the hell? <laughs> well, um, I think, 
It's a good question, Kevin, and <laughs> you got me a little stumped on that one. But how much love do you really I, need anyway? I can but... intervene. I can intervene here and say that having had the privilege of observing this project from the early years to this point, Doug really was, you know, who he seemed to be at the beginning of this film, which was an accountant, a corporate accountant who had not been on stage before, but had harbored these dreams for so long. And I think that the love that he experienced over the course of this film, which is evident in the film and a testament to his character is this generosity of spirit that like you get to know along the journey, all of these other people that we met in the Philippines and in Mexico City, different artists with the same dream. And the film kind of generously shares the spotlight, shines a light on people that have this dream. And it's that generosity of spirit, I think, that ultimately is like really infectious about this film. There is a part, there is a part of me, Kevin, that, that even though I was really appreciated by my colleagues and, uh, you know, they really came out to support me, especially on my retirement, which was my real retirement from my corporate life. And even though my wife loves me to bit to bits and I love her too, there, I think there's so there's, um, an inner craving, at least there was for me to really do something for myself that was completely out of character and totally different. Yeah. I really wanted to step outside of my comfort zone. And, um, this was a way to do it. And I had, I got a little taste of it. Um, before I retired, because I had a supervisor who retired before I did, who I worked for for about 15 years. And I wanted to do something really different and exciting for him, so I made a music video. And that was actually how I met John Clayton Doyle in the first place. John was the choreographer for that music video. And um, that, was, that was a very scary moment for me when I played the music video, which nobody was expecting. It was a complete surprise for everybody in the audience. And I was like, oh boy, how is this gonna go? And I got a standing ovation, you know, people were standing and cheering and clapping and singing along and just having a great time. And it was infectious. And so I, you know, John and I kept working together and he said, well, what are we gonna do next? And I, and I wasn't really sure. And that's when he said, let's try a film. And at this point I was wide open. I was like, sure, let's try a film. So, um, to answer your question, it you become you kind of become addicted to uh, to to wanting to go further, wanting to expand your horizons even more. And as Alex said, we were uh, along the journey. We met some amazing people who were real life people as well, and um, we shared we shared the film with them, and uh, they were in, so excited to be performing and be acting along with us and. It was great, absolutely great. Nice. Do you think, right, because I think this is one of the things that, I don't know, I, I, I kind of think sometimes, right, when people you know are like, oh, I really enjoyed that, right? I, I like that piece that you did, that thing that you did. And, it, and it's like, you know, oftentimes when it's, you know, out of the blue, you're just like, oh, thank you. But a part of you then thinks, well, you're my friend, you're gonna say that. So it's like you then reach for more, right? So you do this other stuff because it, it's 
the other people you don't know right so you're kind of like well if if i get these people to stand up and dance then i don't know them they don't know me so this this i i know this will be true it is that kind of a part of it as well kind of thing absolutely well uh, yes you're absolutely right when you have when you have an audience at the former company you work for who stand up and cheer for you you know most of them know you or at least know who who your name yeah and some um, of that but, could be you know he's leaving yes yes yeah. finally <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't doubt that that was the case at all <laughs> i wouldn't doubt that at all but um yeah there is there is you know, I, the, I, along this journey, I really have had a chance to experience what I think a lot of, what a lot of performers, actors um, experience for themselves is you do this creative thing and you don't know how it's gonna be received. You, you unless you're super accomplished and you're, and it just brushed, you know, just bounces off you. You're like, how is this going to go? What are people going to think? I mean, what kind of comments am I going to get? What kind of feedback am I going to get? That's and that's part of the excitement of doing it, but it's all. But part of the excitement also is sharing your your inspiration and your vision and your hope that people walk away from the film and go, all right, that guy did something crazy like making a film. But you know, I've always dreamed of doing this, and if that guy can do it. What the hell? Maybe I can too. So, if if at least one person walks away from this film and says that, then this film was a great success from my perspective. Yeah. No. No. Definitely. I mean, you did seem to go about things backwards, right? Because a, <laughs> a lot of people, you know, you you create the album, you put the album out, you put a single out. Right, you build, you build, then the concert comes, but you just went concert first. Like, yeah. was there, you know, the, the whole thought of that, because, you know, when you have the concert, you have people, you know, singing along, dancing and vibing, right? By just jumping straight into the concert, it, was there the fear that maybe these people, they won't get it, right? They, they yeah. won't vibe with it and maybe at the beginning but will they be with me for the whole ride exactly well you know when the people came when the people came to be the audience members in the concert yeah there was definitely a you know a concern on my part of like are they going to enjoy the music are they going to enjoy the show but i have to say experiencing it from the front of the stage the outpouring of um, support, love, um, energy, joy from just being up there and performing for all those people was super exciting. And it had always been a dream of mine to do that. And um, it fulfilled my dream in more ways than one. It was great. <laughs> I mean, that's always good to hear. So uh, yeah. is yeah, it it was great. are you dropping the album of... Uh... We haven't we haven't made specific plans yet for the album. We're really focused on the film first. I think uh, once the once we have a release date for the film, then we'll start talking more about what we do with the music to accompany it. Um, but um, right now, our efforts are really focused on uh, the film. Well, I, that, you know, 
don't mean to tell you your business, but I think you, when you drop the film, you need to drop an album to go with the yeah. film. And, I'm, I'm, and, with, I'm with you, Kevin. Yeah. I'm with you. Other merchandise as well, like lampshades. I mean, <laughs> there needs to be a Doug lampshade out there in the merch <laughs> shop for people to buy. <laughs> I love it. I love your I love your enthusiasm. Cool, that works for me. We'll design that lampshade right away. <laughs> there is a a great artist um, who I've seen, and she creates these sculptures, these light sculptures on like lamp fittings. And I think something like that would be pretty pretty spectacular. <laughs> that would be very cool. Yeah, that, that would be very cool. I like your I like your creative ideas, Kevin. We <laughs> we're open to exploring all possibilities, so it's all cool. I, Kevin, I, will, I will engage you as our uh, publicist and merchandise expert. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I definitely put you in touch with this artist, Cindy Cooper Blair, and the the, the sculptures are incredible. Definitely. Incredible. Oh wow! But, all right, cool. All right, awesome, man. Um, so you went. Like you kind of went all over the place with this. So the, you went to the Philippines and Mexico. Like, why those places? They were they were actually um, creative, inspirational ideas um, from our writer and director John Clayton Doyle. So when we talked about where the San Andres School would be, we didn't want it to be in the U.S. We wanted it to be someplace that was unexpected mm -hmm. and so john said hey what about manila and so we explored it and um it actually ended up being an outstanding place to go and film the san andres school and that part of the film and then mexico city we had talked originally about going back to manila to to film the live concert but it just didn't end up to be logistically feasible so then we thought hey, what about Mexico City? And so then we explored that option and um, ended up working out fantastic. We just, we just didn't want it to be a US-centric film. We, we really want, John and I really wanted to um, expand into other cultures and, and other um, uh, people and just have a, a very diverse variety of um, cultures, people in the film. And, and when I look at the film, and I've watched it a lot, as you can imagine, we, I think we were really successful that way. And I'm very proud of that part. It's definitely a diverse, a diverse cast of characters that you bring to uh, the forefront here, which is especially after the retirement, right? Because I, I did wonder if my video had broken or something because suddenly we're following someone completely. And I'm like, is this like, is this working? Like, what? Where's John? <laughs> you know, where's John? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what, what, what's happening here? You know what I mean? And, and then it all ties in. But I thought that was an interesting way to go, you know, and an interesting way to bring these other characters into the piece, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, John, uh, John definitely wanted to bring some different characters in, and I wanted to explore that as well. Again, it was part of the journey of this film. 
both real and and um, fictional in some aspects of the film, but definitely real for me was to go outside my comfort zone and to meet a diverse variety of characters who could really help me become uh, uh, the best performer I could be. And that's that was a very successful aspect of the film. Mm, yeah, yeah. Alex, from from your point of view, working on this project, like, what what did you kind of envision when you were coming onto this? That you might be making a music video and then you end up all over the world? Like, what what, what happened in your end? Well, John and I, uh, the director, John and I have been friends for many, many years. So I had a little bit of an idea of where this might go, which is someplace completely strange and abstract and unexpected, which is exactly what you get from this film. And, uh, you know, it's been such a fun thing because the film what didn't operate from a conventional script. It sort of evolved as Doug evolved. And the film moves through different uh, phases. You might have noticed, I think you noticed, it's a pretty pronounced shift from the beginning phase of the film, the first act of the film, basically, which is basically a dry documentary into this wild sort of almost fantasy world of the Philippines and then into an even more dreamy and nightmarish sequence before reaching a live concert. Mm. So certain parts of the film were, were always part of the plan and we, we planned for years and other parts were spontaneous outgrowths of meeting the people that we met along the way. And also a lot of discoveries were made over the last year in, uh, in the editing room. So just like, you know, yeah, absolutely. We had absolutely no idea where this trip was going when we started and uh, it's a pretty wild ride. It is, a, it is, Kevin, a testament to John's creativity because we didn't have, we didn't start with a, a written script. The script really got created as we filmed. And so, um, and as Alex points out, um, we didn't know, we didn't really know until about halfway through that we had a feature length film. We just had so much good footage, especially after the Manila shoot, that everybody looked at each other and said, this is gonna be feature length. We're, there's no way it's not going to be. So um, that really changed the whole, that really changed the whole thought process about the film. Like what could we really do to make it spectacular at, um, at the end? And what could we really do to enhance the whole journey? And so Mexico City, which was our last big filming was, um, was just a culmination of all that, all those creative juices. And Alex had a lot to do with, you know, assisting John with the whole creative process about Mexico. And um, it really, it really turned out to be an extraordinary time. And where did the, the trust come from? Because, you know, you, you just met John and you did this music video, right? And then yeah. you've gone on this completely different journey with him. And it's just like with these things, right? I think especially on this creative level, you meet people who you think are aligned with you and then it you, you divert, right? But you only yeah. know that after a period of time. So to trust someone fully like this from the giddy up, like 
what made what did you see in like John and Alex? And yeah, we're gonna make Alex sit and listen to you criticize him. And I think you should. But what made you think that yeah, I, I can put myself in these guys' hands and um you know create something special here? Well, John's in my relationship, um, just from a trust and a respect standpoint, really, really kind of gelled during the music, the first music video. But then he and I spent a lot of time, he interviewed me for about three months talking about my past, my dreams, my aspirations, my career, um, what I had always wanted to do, etc. And I mean, he took two probably two notebooks full of notes about all that stuff. And from that um, really was, you know, th that was the backbone of the, the entire film, of the entire journey. John and I just developed a trust for John very early on that, that um, continued to build as we worked together. And the people that we brought in, Kevin, I mean, knock on wood, we just had an amazing crew. We had there were very few people that we had along the journey where we had to say, this isn't working out. Thanks, thanks for your input and, you know, bye-bye, see ya. Um, all, the, all the key creative partners that we had from our editor to our director of photography, to our post-production supervisor, to the whole post-production team, all awesome. We we were just very, very fortunate. Some would call that luck. Some would call it just being in the right place at the right time. I like to think it's the latter. You know, it it nobody really let me down, which was really, you know, just a great, great experience. And I know there are a lot of horrible experiences out there. So this ended up being great. And when I met Alex um, at, at the first shoot that he kind of um, directed for us, a special shoot that he did, I mean, we just hit it off right away. And we're, friend, we're good friends now, so it's great. Not awesome, man. I know it's. I know that that sounds like you know it's too sugar coated, Kevin. But that's that's really what happened. <laughs> it is really what happened. You might say, "Oh, that's BS," or you know, the guy's not willing to, you know, say what what went wrong. Sure, there were there were a lot of false starts along the way, and there were a lot of things that you know didn't always work out creatively. But um, you know, it it wasn't for a lack of having good people on the film. That's for sure. That's great, man. I, I figure I'll wait five years for the, you know, all the behind the scenes stuff to come out. <laughs> Be like, he was a tyrant. <laughs> I don't know if you'll have, you probably won't have to wait that long, but I, you know, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see what people say. It's totally fine. Oh, that old ball guy, man. What a pain in the ass he was, jeez Louise. You never know. Yeah, we find out that it was a whole Milli Vanilli situation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? That wasn't really his voice. That was all voiceover. That's all bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, it's all good. <laughs> nice, man. Now, one thing that I was, I don't know. I, I, I have to see, ask you if I'm correct in this, right? Because I, when I was watching the film, 
right? You, you kind of look at it and you wonder about certain directions in which you took. And right. then when reading the, um, you know, the, the editorial notes and stuff like that, you know, it says that um, you wanted to take the film and look at it from a queer perspective. And what, when I was watching it, what I thought was, right? So we have the, all of these people in Manila and I think one of them says that when they're on stage that they feel alive and they feel they have a voice. I think that's kind of more or less what they were saying. And yes, right. so what I'm thinking, my, my thought process was that the parallels between your life and their lives is that you were looking to find your new voice, find this voice and be able to perform. And that's what they're looking to do. So, you know, I mean, even though we're all different, like we all have this dream and aspiration that all coalesces and it's kind of the same. I mean, is that kind of what was going on or am I completely off the mark? No, you're not off the, I don't think you're off the mark at all. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so the people that we had who were the drag performers in Manila are all actually drag performers in their own right in various clubs and, and other venues in, um, in Manila. But they all dream of doing something bigger too. And for each of them, I think their, their, their greatest joy is actually performing on stage. And as I think the character's name was Tina Morin, who said, you're absolutely right. She said, when I'm not in drag, I'm a no, I feel like I'm a nobody. Mm. And, and uh, when, but when they get dressed in drag and they do an amazing job at, at doing the makeup and, and their dressing and all those things, then they really come out then they really, the persona for them, the performer in them really, really jumps out. And um, yes, you're absolutely right. For me, this was part of the journey, which was, you know, especially in Manila, to see these, these people and to experience some of what they experienced. And for me to learn what it is to be vulnerable like that and to um, um, be kind of giving your of yourself and and connecting with your audience and connecting with yourself as a performer. And that was, that was part of the journey. And that was a real journey for me because I, of course, never had done that before. Mm. It was very, it was, it was scary as hell, but it was, um, but in the end it was completely exciting. Uh -huh. And so what was the tax like on you from a physical and mental kind of level because we see the kind of creative growth and exploration in this but were there other things that you had to kind of do to get yourself to that point oh absolutely well it, it well first of all you have to let go of trying to look good <laughs> um you have you you better let go of that very quickly because if you if that's what you're trying to do you're going to fail at this miserably so um, you, you gotta, at least for me, you gotta kind of let it all hang out and, and, uh, and let go of all your pre preconceived notions of yourself. So that was a big part of the journey for, 
for me, certainly. Um, yeah, so, so the other thing I would say is um, that just, just the doubt, the self-doubt, the, the nightmares that you have, the waking up in the morning in a cold sweat, knowing what you're going to be doing the next day, even though it's being, it's being filmed in a film or especially when you're doing the Mexico City concert, um, that's, you know, th that's all that self-doubt that says, what are you doing this for? Why did you even try this? You're out of your freaking mind. You know, you should, you should have retired and, and uh, gone fishing, who knows? But, um, uh, you know, that I think is what all people who perform go through at some point in their, in their career. And uh, you get to see me do it in a film. <laughs> Indeed we do, right? Yes, yes, we definitely do. The nightmare scenes, the, you know, the fact that my wife does suffer from mental illness and that was, that was um, something that always played in the back of my mind. Um, that's all real, that's <laughs> all real. Yeah, you do get that sense that there are these breakaway moments in the film where you're, when you're speaking, you're, this is actual kind of the reality of everything that you're kind of putting out there. Yeah, which was absolutely. kind of interesting. Yeah, that was, that was, shall we say, Naked Doug? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That Nick was naked, Doug. Yeah, that was Doug. <laughs> yeah, that was the, that was the real deal. That wasn't sugar coated. That wasn't fake acting. That was the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think before we go, I, I I feel that it needs to be asked. You you you've got to this. You've done the concert. What next, Doug? That's an excellent question, Kevin. And I that's that's probably the question I get asked the most. The, the, um, the truth is, um, I don't know, but uh, I am open, I am open to possibility and open to whatever, wherever the journey takes me next. I don't, I don't rule out possibly doing more performing. I don't rule out, you know, creating more music. I don't rule out any of that stuff. And I don't rule out doing something else completely wild and crazy. You know, you just never know. I mean, the, if you believe that, if you believe that you're here once, you might as well enjoy the ride. And that's what I plan to do. <laughs> hey, well, it makes sense. And it, I, I feel it makes sense that now your voice is out there. It seems kind of crazy to lock it back up, right? Oh, I agree. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you a hundred percent. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, I mean, I look. I know you've got a busy schedule ahead, and there's other people. I, I, I could talk to you all day, Doug. I've got <laughs> so many questions. Well, <laughs> we have, we have, we have time, but I know you've got a busy schedule too, Kevin. So, uh, well, I mean, if we got time, I'm, I'm, I'd like to just ask this. Sure. Right. So, where's the inspiration for the songs come? Because you know, I think when you look at songwriting there's people that write and you can see the songs have got this autobiography autobiography yeah they're, i mean they're, they're 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 kind of life stories 
right? Sure. Yeah. And then there's other people that write and it's more of a metaphorical kind of visionary quest type of situation. So where where are your songs coming from? And that's an excellent, that's a really good question. So I can't take full credit for the songs, Kevin. The, the other, um, we had some other creative writers in the process and John Clayton Doyle was definitely a um, important contributor to writing some of the lyrics for the song. Mm. For the lyric, for, but together we, we created something, we created songs that were part um, um, fantasy, free form, you know, say what comes to your mind, which was exactly what I'm an electric lampshade was. Um, uh, and some of the songs were really about what Doug's journey was like along the way, which was um, another, you know, in, in a metaphorical way, which was what the song Another Look was like. Catwalk 2 was really about um, getting outside the box and freeing yourself and, and feeling the music and, and dancing and, and becoming alive as opposed to kind of locking yourself up and, and um, you know, looking around going, oh my God. Um, so there was, um, that's really what a lot of it was about, uh, at, at least from my perspective on the songs. I mean, Alex, I know you weren't involved in the writing process, but you've listened to these songs over and over. What do you think? Yeah, I can tell you that you know, from the beginning of the process to what you see in the beginning of the film to what you see at the live concert. I mean, it's really the story of Doug finding his voice and finding a unique persona as a performer, which is something he started out not having at all and being quite rough around the edges, if I'm being honest. And it's incredible to see the evolution over, uh, you know, we, we see it through a couple like, you know, kind of training montages and stuff and you just see it in the, in the film and it's just a, something really spectacular to behold you know um, with every passing year of life it gets harder and harder to take on new challenges I think you become kind of calcified in your personality and so it's really really inspiring to see someone start that journey at age 60 at retirement when most people are kind of you know checking out hanging it up Oh, no, definitely. I think that's that's one of the big takeaways from this. So I, as I kind of feel whether you like the music or you don't, right? The, the thing that you look at is the fact that this accountant decided to do something completely different with his life, right? Try, and right. it wasn't like, ah, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to retire. I'm going to huh, I might collect stamps. No, it was just like I'm gonna I'm gonna sing on a friggin' stage, you know. And it wasn't <laughs> I'm going to you know I'm gonna be TikTok famous. It was like no, a goddamn stage in another country. That's what I'm gonna do. So it's just like if this sixty year old accountant, and as we know, accountants are boring, right? Accountants <laughs> are boring, right? If he if he can break that stereotype and do this, then hey, I, I could do my dream. And, and I think that's the, like, the huge takeaway. Like, you know, if you want to boil it down to anything, I think mean, that's something that 
anyone can look at and take some inspiration from. That would be that would be a wonderful thing. I think all of us that worked on the film would would find it to be hugely successful and and uh, gratifying if um, we got some feedback from people that said, "I watched your film. I couldn't believe what you did." And you know, I'd always dreamed about doing whatever, and now I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try it. Because, I mean, I don't know about you, Kevin, but, you know, even before people retire, even when they're in, in, their, in the middle of their lives, like in their 40s or 50s, they're already saying, oh, I can't do this, or I can't do that, or I'm too old for this, or, you know, we, we all hear it all the time. They check out before they, before they even give it a try. And um, the, the, the inspiration for this is, just try it. Just try it. Maybe it doesn't work out, man, but just try it. At least you'll be able to say at the end, gee, I'm sorry. Instead of saying, I'm sorry, I didn't do this, or I wish I had tried to do this. At least you can say, yeah, I gave it a try. It worked out. It didn't work out, you know, whatever, but at least I tried it. And I, I never have to look back and say, God, I wish I had been a performer, like, you know, had tried to do something like David Byrne and I don't have to look back at that anymore. <laughs> and say, yeah, you know, maybe I'm not David, but hell, I tried it. So it's all good. Indeed. I mean, that could be the next thing, right? Doug against the world. And, yeah. if, if, and you go and try something new every time. Exactly. Like, what next can we have you go do? <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that's a, that you never know, Kevin. You just never know. <laughs> I mean, I, I asked people for questions. I asked people for questions when I, you know, knew we were going to do this. And uh, Greta Thunberg got in touch, and she said, "Look, I respect Doug for making the film, but I'm not, I'm not too big on electricity. Can we have a greener lampshade? You know what I mean? So <laughs> could that, could that be the thing? Right? Greta wants a green lampshade, Doug. She wants a green lampshade. Okay. We'll 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 see what we can do. No, we'll 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 make sure that all the lights are LED and we will solar power everything and it, we'll make it as green as we possibly can, man. Fantastic, man. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, we'll I really can. appreciate your time, man. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin, very much been a, a lot of fun for the conversation i appreciate it yeah we appreciate it too thanks again thank all right man all, all the success with the film man all the thank success. you so much yep all right you take it easy and you, you too bye-bye right. all right bye, bye. okay people so there you have it Right, I'm Electric Lampshade. You've heard about the film, you've heard from two of the core people behind the film, and you're wondering how can I get to see it? Well, it is playing at the Romfield, the Romford Film Festival, right? So it's you know, it, it will be playing at 7:35 in the evening. Right on the 24th tomorrow, it's playing 7:35 in the evening. So people, 
the link is in the episode so you can book a ticket and uh, check it out and hey it's definitely worthwhile people so go do that it's also playing as part of the ignite film festival on the 2nd of july so people mark those dates down and uh go have yourself some inspirational fun all right enjoy people <laughs> 